Well, we're back to another episode of the Pig Wrestling Podcast. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is powered by our wonderful sponsor, Sync Cloud, and it's available in the cloud. Where's it available, Paul? <laughs> the cloud I'm learning, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, to name but a few, and on our Pig Wrestling Podcast blog. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is based on a book by Pete Lindsay and Mark Bowden. It's a simple way to solve any problem and create change you need. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to our guest, Hardy. And good morning, Leon. Morning. Morning. Um, right, a little bit of an introduction to Hardy Dodson, our guest today. Hardy is a life coach, counselling fitness, mental health and well-being service that she runs. But before that, she was a lot of things. Um, but I'm going to let Hardy talk about most of them. She st- she was at school at Southall from 1982 to 86. And she's done various roles. She was at um, Lloyd's Bank for a lot of years, 26 years. But these are the bits that I like and the bits that I've dug up. Um, she's a mum of three. Um, and she's also, well, this is a bit, this is where we get on, Hardy. She was a boy from the age of, up to the age of 10, and she's got a school photo with a Liverpool track suit. Liverpool, that's what we want. And she was a top gymnast, Leon. Joe, she was a top gymnast and scored out of 13, she scored one. Is any of that accurate, Hardy? It was one out of ten. You know, like when, they, when it's the Olympics and they get a ten, I got a one. Oh! And the, the bars. I got on the top of the bars and instead of swinging round underneath, I went straight over the top and had to finish my routine on the floor. Oh, hi, <laughs> And she's also a very accomplished um, ballroom dancer. Um, strictly, she'd been doing it for about eight years now. So that's a little bit of an introduction. I want Adi to tell us quite a lot more about herself than that. But we'll start with the first question. So go on, Joe. Before we go with the first question, though, Paul, can, can I? Um, I'm just saying, Joe. Can we give Paul some um, some scores, you know, out of ten for his introduction? Are you ready? Are you ready? Do the <laughs> Oh, that's mean. Paul, I think it's a new 10 for that. Oh, sorry, I thought it was a 10. Sorry, I thought it was a 10. It's a 10, Paul. It's a 10 from me. It's a 10 from me. There you go, Paul. You. Let's go for the first question. Okay. Hi, Hardy. Nice to see you again. Um, it's a while since I've, I've seen you. And, um, yeah, it's um, lovely to have a fellow dancer on the on the show. So the first question is, what are one to three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life? They are um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it's because he was a psychiatrist and he was in Auschwitz. I can't even say that properly, (laughs) but I know what it means. And he found hope from really horrendous situations. So, for instance, if somebody um, died and he got a pair of shoes, that was actually something good that happened. So I just absolutely love the fact that he found positives in such a horrendous situation. So that I find that a really good read. Um, another one is um, Atomic Habits, and that's by James Clear. And it's tiny changes, remarkable results. 
and listening to that, it's just amazing. The tiny little changes you can make to every day just make a massive difference. So I still listen to that now because you, the more you listen to audiobooks, I always do it on audiobook, I don't read them. Um, you learn something new every day. So like he does habit stacking. So doing something that you don't want to do with something you like doing, if you do them together, it, it works better. And there's loads and loads of tips in that book about doing stuff for two minutes. Don't you set yourself a massive goal. Do a two, minute of, two minutes of exercise gets you going. And there's just loads and loads of tips in there that I just think are amazing. Um, you, you're, you're up on that one, aren't you, Paul? We, we, yeah. we, we was having sacking this morning, weren't we, Paul? Doing something we love doing, which is walking. And we also, something we don't like doing, we, we met up with each other, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, two hours of it. But we didn't do two minutes, it was two hours. It two was hours. two hours. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. <laughs> so is that, is, have we got that right? Is that, is that like habit stacking then? Yeah, one thing you don't like doing with one thing you do like doing. Got it, Paul? We got it? Got it? So I need to start walking. Oh, you can't take a packet of biscuits while you're walking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, an interesting one as well, and Joe, you'll attest to this, and I'm sure you will, Paul. Um, Victor Franklin's Man Touch Meaning, it comes up quite a lot, does that book, when we ask yes. that question. So um, obviously, you know, a really profound book. Um, what you, you said you had another one as well. Was another one hidden in there? Yes, my... <clears throat> I actually struggled to only get three. There was loads I loved. Feel the fear and do it anyway. How to turn your fear and indecision into confidence and action. And that's by Susan Jeffers. And I just think, do you know what? I wasted so many years fearing doing stuff that I don't want to do that anymore. And that's what I like to teach other people is, you know, don't let fear stop you doing things in your life. So that's why I love that one. I can't believe we've got we've got a guest on the show, and I, I've read two of their books. Who they've said, I'm I'm getting in there, aren't I? Yeah. Tom Habits and um, Feel the Free. I've done them both. You've changed. You've changed. I've changed, I? You've changed. Changed. Amazing. What did you think of the Atomic Habits then, Paul? What What did you get from that book? Atomic Habits. What I got from it, like you say, small changes, massive results, and. Going back to going back to the the walking and exercise and I think what I used to do years ago and what what um hammered ended me, I used to go to something a hundred miles an hour and cut everything out that I like doing, and this teaches you just small changes at once and then it becomes a habit and it it becomes part of your normal normal life where if you cut everything out it becomes a chore and I I understood from that book that. If you just do little bits, but do them often enough and it becomes a habit, then it becomes part of the norm and it, you enjoy it. Yeah. I'm getting itchy. I want to go out this afternoon now for another walk. No, I don't. My legs are killing. <laughs> just give me a good, a good point you made as well. It, it came from um, Coach. I was just looking. I've got his um, Coach John Wooden um, from a previous podcast. And, and, and he mentioned, actually, he talks about when he was training the basketball players to play basketball, the first thing he did for the first two weeks was got him to come into the changing room and just put the socks on. Yeah. Um, just little things like that. But I, 
uh, it always amazes me think books like habits and just the way we sort of change our thinking um any book that challenges your thinking i think is fantastic isn't it yeah you think... relaxing hardy as well because you said that you listen to them you do audible and, and i've just started listening and I've, I've always been a reader but i've just started doing it in that way and and find it quite um relaxing really yeah me too i actually sometimes put one on and i fall asleep Yes. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm I'm reading a book while I'm asleep. <laughs> win win. I must I must admit I like the part that you can actually put it on, you can just go to the end of the chapter and it switches off because I found the same when I have done it, I have drifted off to sleep. And then I think, oh crikey, I have to go find out where I was now and go back again. But well, I'm glad I'm glad you've said that because I haven't found that bit. So I just fall asleep and hope I can find it. <laughs> Right, I'm going to hit you with the next question now, Hardy. Let's okay. go. Right then. One more time. <laughs> what is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy? Now, if you was a 10-year-old girl um, in a Liverpool track, so I think the Spice Girls would have been one of your songs because Sporty Spice. Yeah. I actually think I'm all of the Spice Girls rolled into one. <laughs> But I could be any of the Spice Girls any day. But my, my feel-good song is I, it's called I Believe. But I, do, I don't know who it's by, but I can sing it. Go on, then. I believe I can, I believe I will. That's not quite like it really sounds like <laughs> a lot on Spotify. So... We'll let you off for that one, I believe. But, what, but I think the main point was, what is it that in that song that um what, what gets you focused? What is what is it in, in that what makes you feel happy in that song? I think it's because it really does make me believe in myself and what I do as a job is help others believe in themselves where they've lost themselves. So I think it always resonates with me that do you know what? Don't let things get you down. Always believe in yourself. I love that. I, 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 I think music is a great um, a great form of relaxation as well. You put your headphones on and it takes you away to an, all your troubles can go away for an hour or so. Put a good album on or a good a good bit of music and you're well aware of yeah, I've I've loved music more than I've you I've used it um in the past. I just love listening to a good bit of music. I've got I, I actually do listen to um Opera, no, but not opera, but classical music. I love classical music. Yeah, I, have... I love I love musicals as well. Yeah, I like a happy ending. <laughs> I'm just. You might have to cut that. <laughs> we don't cut anything. You've no, got cut anything. I'm going to hit you with the next one. Um, so, what purchase a fifty pound or less as most positively? Um, impacted your life in the last six months it's audio books you know personal development and motivating audio books i just love them yeah and, that, and that, that was actually it was quite hard to do that because i thought what have i bought in the last six months but that that's actually the only thing that i've probably purchased no, but I think the, the power of learning um i think when you get the the book and and i always remember um, when I started getting into reading, 
for £10, you know, and I remember I bought one of my first books was the autobiography by Steve Jobs. And it's like a massive book. And I thought, like, I think it cost me like 12 quid, I think it was. And I remember reading it. I was thinking, what would you pay to get to, to sit with Steve Jobs and find out what he did, you know, yeah. for dinner? And it's the same with these audiobooks, isn't it, you know, and podcasts and learning. I think there's something special, isn't there, about um, as human beings, we love to learn, don't we? We're, I think we're, we're knowledge hungry, I think. Um, and I think audiobooks and this type of medium is becoming massive, isn't it? Um, um, for, for me, I think Joe. I think we should hit it with the next one. I like this. Is my favourite question. This one, Joe. Okay, so do you have a lesson from a failure of yours, Hardy? I do. <laughs> oh, Get dear. out of a relationship if okay. they don't treat you right very quickly. That's that's my um, lesson from failure because. I was in an abusive relationship and I stayed far too long. Um, so that's my lesson to me, but it's my lesson to loads of people because I know that so many people do that. And from all the people I've coached and counselled, one in seven men suffer from some form of abuse. And one, one in, I think it's one in four, sorry, women. So... I'm now noticing that there's nearly as many men as women. So due to my own, what happened to me, I feel like I can help others because I know how hard that was to leave that abusive relationship because I had children. And that I actually think that's what made me stay. But it's the best thing I ever did in my whole life is leave. Yeah. And I think um, I think that's quite topical as well at the moment, isn't it, Hardy? I think uh, there's lots of concerns out there at the moment for people that might be um, suffering domestic abuse, domestic violence, um, and, and that includes children as well. And yeah. it is, I think it's a really good time to talk about that. And obviously when this podcast goes out, hopefully that will help other people. Um, and, you know, they might seek help and support I know there's, um, I was only just reading yesterday, there's a really good piece of information for, for young people that might be suffering from abuse um, and that's been disseminated out there to try and support them and to try and help them think about different ways that they might be able to either manage it or, or how to seek help and try to keep themselves there, including yeah. the safety plan. So I think that's something that's really um, during COVID, it, it, it's, it's come out as, as a really topic topical discussion yeah absolutely and I think fortunately now what I've noticed I I pivoted my business so I'm online now more than in person and more people seem to be coming forward because it's online and I just think that that's really great that digital is helping more people come forward as well and traumatic childhood events can have affect you for years so if we can eliminate it younger, then people can live a happier life. And, yeah. and nobody should be in a situation like that. But I understand from my own experience, you know, how hard that can be. So I want to help them as much as I possibly can. And I do with what I do. So the more it's out there, you know, I hope that me saying that, you know, what it affected me means more people will come forward. 
Credit to you. Credit to you. And I, and I, and I, and I think, Adi, you know, on that as well, you know, I think times are changing, aren't they? You know, um, when we, we talk about, you know, all mental health, you know, we are talking more about mental health. We are talking more about what we want as people, aren't we? Um, yeah. and, and relationships, and we're starting to talk about our emotions more. Um, but I think it, it, come, it comes back to that as well, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> navigating the way, you know, it's, it's, it's no different to you know, the work like me and Paul do um, out there. It, it takes a lot of courage to step forward, like you know, like you to make that change. Um, and I suppose that's why it makes sense why you love the book like Susan Jeffers so much. You know, feel the fear and do it everywhere, anyway. And I think it's times like that where you've got to be vulnerable, aren't you? You've got to step forward. Um, yeah. And it is it is hard. And I think what what's amazing, I think now now we do have technology like we do. Um, we can share our stories more. We can use that technology for good. Um, and I think it's it's for for me more more's getting done, and we're hearing more, aren't we, about you know um, how we how we communicate and, and what we accept. And I read a good quote actually earlier, um, which I'm going to share with you all. Um, I was I was working on some bits around you know my business with technology and what technology can do, and I read this little quote, and I thought I thought uh, so the the effective use of technology as the ability to unleash human potential transforming the quality of lives and building a sustainable future, right? And when you look at that, and I think we're going for a real interesting age at the moment um, where if you look at COVID-19, what it's doing to us all is it's making us be isolated, but then we're looking to use technology in ways like now to reach out. You mentioned that you've pivoted your business. So so for me, you know, as human beings, we're very um, good at solving problems and collaborating. So I hope, you know, like you sharing your story and, and, and more people do share the stories and, and start really um, looking to transform. And I think I think, I think think it's awesome that you do that. So credit to you, Adam. Yeah, well done. Thank you. The other, the other thing is I'm honoured for people to share their story with me. So I, I hear other people's stories. And the fa- I actually just think anybody who's come to see me is so brave. And, you know, like, I'm honoured to hear their story. I think that would resonate with every one of us. And go on, Paul. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. I'm just saying I echo exactly what she says because obviously, at the what the work um, Leon and I do in the community and what you do, Joe, with suicide prevention and your job, <clears throat> we see people coming forward all the time and how brave they are when they first come through your door and start sharing their traumatic experiences and the issues that they're going through at the minute. It's really powerful. And then I found even more powerful is watching their journey and watching how they improve from yeah. that day. And it just makes it worthwhile that you open your doors. And it's it's fantastic, isn't it? And I think a really important key kind of message to people out there is, you know, you can move on and you can get support. And it is that first step, isn't it? We, we, we're all yeah. saying how brave people are. That first yeah. step is often the hardest. It's actually walking through that door, picking up that telephone, whatever it is that, you know, however people are accessing the support and help, it's that first step that's the hardest. But it's crucial yeah. and it's, you know, we, that's what we want to continue to encourage people to do. And um, because yeah. from then, change can happen, can't it? Yeah, and it's it's amazing how fast that change can happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right yeah. then. Yeah, go on. What is a favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in the world, 
What is it and why? I was torn on this because I had two, but I'm going with it's good to talk. Yeah. Because talking saves lives. Correct. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think anybody can disagree with that. I think it's, <laughs> you know we've got we've got the two two guys here who's um, you know slogan is it's good to talk. It's you know and and I think we would all very much agree with that. I think we've just talked about that. It's something that I talk about all the time. So um, I think that's a fantastic yeah. point actually. No, but I think I think I think on that as well though, and I think this is as we're changing and evolving as as a, as a race, aren't we? Um, we used to think it was um, we didn't show weakness, you know. We've been we've had that ingrained in us, and I think what was quite interesting. I went for a walk yesterday. I went for a walk, Paul. Can you believe that? Um, Did you get a blister? No, I didn't get a blister yesterday. Um, I was going to say that about showing weakness. Actually, I was wait I was waiting for my time to say about showing weakness. And you're on, look what you've started out, Paul. Honestly. Um, <laughs> And but I caught up with um, an old friend, Paul Spence, and um, we did like a socially distance walk. And I haven't been out and, and done a socially distance walk um, while we've been in lockdown. It's like my, one of my first sort of main ones of going out. And um, I caught up with him, and we just talked about loads of different stuff. And we, we've had different Zooms, but I just felt like a million dollars for just getting out in some fresh air and just talking about loads of different things. And we was even planning, um, as mad as it sounds, we want to go back to uni. We said, oh, I, we just, just different things came up, right? And it's just nice when you meet people and, and, and you do talk. And like me and Paul, uh, we talk about completely random things, completely different, but you can't put a power. And when we was going to go out yesterday, it was absolutely silent it down, wasn't it? It was just absolutely bucketing it down. And um, I thought, I'm going out in it anyway. I'm going to go out in the rain. And... We went out and it was absolutely magical. I think we do just need to get out and talk absolutely more. You just can't put a power on on talking, can we? No, you can't. And the good thing about it, I think we all agree with, um, and I've learnt it over the last few years, it's it's as important to listen as well as talking. It's important to listen and just sit there and listen to somebody offload. I think that's that's really 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 important. So, yeah, I think again another really key thing to, to pick up yeah. on Paul and people don't often listen enough or mm -hmm. don't really hear what somebody's saying. Um, and I've certainly found over these last few months that you know, kind of people ask if you're okay, and you get the feeling sometimes that people don't always want to know the real answer, that actually you're struggling or, you know, it's that kind of, they just want the, you know, yes, I'm okay, I'm fine, how are you, kind of conversation. Um, so I, th I think going back to that, it's it's good to talk. I think it's something that's really helped me through um, COVID, when certainly times when it's it's been more of a struggle. The, the way that I can get through that the best is going out there and talking. And I'd asked to do a social distance talk um, walk with my friend and it was just it was just wonderful um to be out there but listening is really really important and i think we need to get that message out more and um, i think that needs to start going alongside the let's talk let's listen i absolutely agree there because when i did my training i actually believe that's what i learned to do the best is to listen and and i actually thought i listened before i had my training 
and like I'm listening, learning how I learned to listen is so unbelievably different. And I think if anybody could do the course that I'm doing, you learn to listen. And yeah. it's, it's funny because I actually talk a lot, but during my sessions with other people, sometimes I may, might only say five words in a whole hour because I've listened to every word they've said. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the interesting point you make there is, it's like us with the man club, isn't it? Um, we and you love to talk, don't we, Paul? But in the man club, we don't, do we? Um, we listen. No. no. And I think yeah. that was one of the most transformational things, that skills I've learned. Um, and, but also one of the real difficult ones, and I'll chuck this out to the room in terms of how you guys, what you guys think about this, but for me, I was like solving problems. But what I realised, and what I've realised that, you know, especially the man club is, um, we have another saying, so our main saying is it's okay to talk, right? You know, so you want to talk. But we have another saying which is equally as powerful or even more powerful. Um, it's okay to not be okay, right? You know, and what we see at, at the man club is you see people coming and they're not okay. They're not okay. That's why they, they turn up. Um, but they get comfortable in themselves. They get a bit of confidence. And I think, like at the man club, we have no skills to fix anyone, do we, Paul? No skills yeah. whatsoever, apart from just creating us. And you said this to us, Joe. Because I remember saying we need to do more. And you said, well, you are doing more. You're doing enough by listening. And and, and the amazing. And that was you know years ago. And I think the interesting bit is, um, a coach once said this to me. You've got all the answers already inside here. It's my job just to help you bring them out and, and and give you a space so you can actually bring them out. And is that true? Is that true? Hardy, in terms of coaching, is that is that is that is that a true statement? Absolutely, because I I don't actually need to prepare to see a client because I already know they've got all the answers. I I have the skills to listen and ask people the right questions to get them to the right answers for them, and that's what's more powerful is coming up with your own answers. So that's what that's what empowers people is, oh my gosh, I made that decision and I now that's what's right for me. So I'm not there to tell them what to do. Yeah. I'm just there to listen and ask the right questions. Yeah. Love and, it. I, and I think it's that simple, that's why we all miss it, don't we? Because we want it to be more complicated. And it's and not I, this this is it when when I've done courses when I've when I've taught or when I've been on courses myself, um, you often do things around suicide or mental health, and people want from you, um, they want a step by step approach to it. They want all the answers, and there never is all the answers because each one of us on here today is so very different, and the problems that we present with are so very different. You do not have a book to cover everybody's issues, problems, etc., etc. You've got the being alongside somebody, which is absolutely important. It's been, it's been, and it's sitting and it's listening and being some with someone and allowing them to talk and reflecting back what they're saying. Let them hear what it is that they're delivering, um, and then moving forward and thinking about how they can problem solve themselves. Because, like you say, Heidi, they will often come up with the answers. You can often give options that are perhaps available to them to them that might help them make those informed decisions, those informed choices. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and I think research shows as well that all people want is to be with somebody. They want somebody to listen and to be by their side. And I say alongside somebody, that's where you should be. You should be alongside someone. If you can, yeah. if you can seem to be empathetic <laughs> and if you can seem to be interested and listen to them intently instead of 
thinking about what you're going to say back, if you're actually listening to what they're saying and taking it in, and then you just give them a few pointers and a little bit of feedback and give them the confidence to actually go out and do it and then come back and see you and see their journey and how far they've come. It's absolutely fantastic. And you, a lot of people, um, the best medication you can give people is um, have a listening and talking to them because that's sometimes what that's all they need. Yeah. And how much more do you think that you hear as well when you're actually not trying to prepare for the next question? You're not thinking about how you can support them. You actually hear an awful lot more. And I think that's part, sometimes I've, I've, I've seen that in, in the world of work where things are so busy and so pressured now. Um, we don't have time to listen to the person. And I've been in meetings um, with people who have just kind of talked at me. And you come out and you just think, Craigie, what what was all that about? You don't have a you, you don't have the opportunity to discuss it, to look at the pros and cons, whatever that might be. It's just thrown at you, and and you just feel a bit bombarded and overwhelmed sometimes, don't you? And you know, I'm hoping that doing things in a different way, and and NHS and every other kind of area, looking at how we do things differently, will slow some of that back down again. Yeah, but but I think as well, Joe. I think um, this all comes from us evolving, though, doesn't it? And I think, um, I'm I'm just obsessed with um, communication. How we communicate as human beings. You know, we're all different styles, and especially around technology as well. And I think you you make a real cool point in terms of. Um, I've been reading a book. By, um, what was it by? Um, called Crucial Crucial Conversations, and um, it, it basically says that when you have a crucial conversation. You've got high emotions, imagine a triangle, you've got high emotions, and then on the other side of the triangle, you've got opposing opinions, and then on the bottom of the triangle, you've got high stakes, right? And it's all about that, um, understanding that actually opposing opinions are really cool. They're actually a really positive thing to have. It's good to have opposing opinions. But it's then about not dominating them opinions on other people and making sure that you can navigate it. And it, and it talks about, um, and I love it, he says, when you're having a conversation with somebody, um, you can, you, you've got to be careful and you've got to listen because some people will either go to silence or violence, right? And they'll switch. And also, me and you do, I've done this for years, Paul, actually, just thinking out loud. Um, is, what, you hit me? No, no, no. But what is <laughs> me and you do with each other? You don't mean you're having a problem. Yeah. Right? Explain one me. Explain, explain one me. Yeah, if, if we feel like the other person is having a warming moment will just say, is this a warming story? Because I think sometimes it's hard in something else and the problem's actually self in it sometimes. Yeah, and, and, and where I'm leading with that is... Call each other out. Yeah, call each other out, but obviously we've got that trust to do that, right? But I think yeah. the, the flip side of it, this, this book I'm reading, starts saying that we've got to listen to the stories, not only that we tell ourselves, but others, um, yeah. because we like a story and it, and it, and it says these technically sort of like, Four stories, it says. It says you've got a victim story, a villain story, and a powerless story. So I ain't got no power. And then you've got a clever story, which is a mixture of all them. And the challenge is trying to understand where we're coming from because actually we, we all have the power to change our story, don't we? And we can change it like that. Yeah. But the problem is um, it's taking that massive leap to actually change that story in it and actually talk about it. The first thing is, number one, Talk about the story, get comfortable with the story, recognize the story actually is your power and change it. But then we set the man, don't we, all the time? I always say this um, 
someone coming to the man club, I have so much respect for them because actually they've come because they're not happy where they're at and they've done it on their own back. I mean, they, they say these stories, they're comfortable and you, the stories change, don't they, Paul? Or they don't become, they yeah. take the power away from being vulnerable. It takes that power away from that story. It just, it just fascinates me. Absolutely fascinates me. Well, I think it goes back to Atomic Habits um, that had his um, listen to the book, um, change your life, change your story. And you can change your life and change your story. Um, but you've got to want to do it, haven't you? Some people blame everybody else for their life not being as they want it. But a lot of the time, it's the story you tell yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've just re- I just picked up Managing the Mist um, this morning. Um, Andrew Osilito and... Um, Again, very, very, very similar. And it was about those people with opposing um, opinions. Listen to them, work with them. Don't just choose the people that you want to work with um, because they've often got good points to make. And, and that really resonated with me. Um, and yeah, and it's about having that self and um, that understanding of oneself um, and how you come across. And sometimes we don't ask about how others perceive us, do we? We kind of shy away from that because that's quite a difficult question to ask. But having that insight of oneself means that you can do something about it as well. You can make those changes. Um, so, yeah, it, all kind of very similar themes from all of the books. Well, I think, I think it's interesting, though, I think a little theme we've just picked up on here, and it's back to what Heidi sort of mentioned, you know, even down into, you know, starting from the core of being in an abusive relationship. Yeah. As humans, we want to be liked, don't we? That's, that's the core of us all. And we want to be loved and we want to give love. And 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 sometimes we'll put up with so much crap when actually we don't we deserve better, but we don't want to be with it's like stepping into that, you know, the, the, the famous quote is if you can't love yourself, you don't you can't love anybody else. And it's getting around that, but we're not taught these skills, are we? We're not taught we, we just wanna be liked, don't we, and get on with people and collaborate and, and I think that more people need to, we need to help wake more people up that, you know, around that, don't we? That, that leads really nicely on, actually, to the next question, because the next one is, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself at 18, and what advice should you have ignored? Oh. <laughs> I like this one. Follow your hopes, follow your own hopes and dreams, not somebody else's. Ignore people who do not treat you with the respect you deserve. Be around people who support you, who are like-minded. And be yourself. Don't compare yourselves to others. You are good enough. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Really, some very, very simple, but really difficult and challenging things to do. But I think they absolutely um, would make a difference in so many people's lives if they can take that advice hardy and follow it. I think it would make a real difference to a lot of young people. I, I think as well, if, if if you were maybe trained younger yes. about, about emotions and that things are not right in your childhood, you would go into adulthood as a very different person. So I'm very keen on somehow getting it into children more so that if their home life is bad, um, that somebody like me could educate children who are not getting to learn what is right and what is wrong. Um, so yeah, so if I could go back to the old me at 18, um, I'd have known what I know now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've still got lots to learn. 
Well, we're always learning. Every day is a learning. And I think what you're talking about in terms of the children is something that Paul and Leon and myself, have. we've had this discussion quite a few times now. And I think it's getting to the point where we really need to drive something forward because we're talking about trying to change the culture of um, men. And where do we need to target that? And that has to be targeted at younger, younger children. Yeah. Um, especially boys. We know that boys are, are, are men are reluctant to talk. And where does that stem from? And, and that has to be a massive culture change. So I think we will probably talk about this and we will procrastinate for a little bit longer. And then I think we'll find something that we really want to go. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I've been researching on um, ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. Um, I've been looking at, there's loads of research out on that. And, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be, you know, some people think it has to be massively adverse childhood experiences. It can be little things, you know, as isolation and, you know, just certain things. And I think living in a, in a world where we are real fast-paced, you know, I look back at the way I brought my first daughter up to home bringing Blake up, you know, um, and we, we spoke about this, you know, I couldn't control my um, my fear of her getting hurt. That used to manifest it in me shouting at her in a way that I would never do that now because I've, I've re-educated myself. But... Not everybody has the opportunity to educate themselves or not everyone might not be as fortunate as I was to get a book put on my desk about educating myself, right? So I think there's a big thing around that. And I think the challenge we've got is, you know, the work we're all doing, I think business has got a big part to play in it because it can re-educate people. It's a commercial entity. Um, yeah. But the NHS is, is never going to fix the problem because the problem's too big. It, it's, it's, it, so we need to go back to grassroots and, and that source, don't we? And I think give the skills to our children um, so the children can then level it up. But we're talking about a massive task there. Um, yeah. An interesting point in terms of the NHS, Paul, Leon, sorry, it's, it's, it's not for the NHS to do either. Do you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're tackling a social problem and we're tackling culture. And whilst it's got a part to play, it's it's not for them to sort. This isn't their, their problem. This is a societal issue that we all need to work together yeah. um and to come from all different areas to to tackle this it's it's not a, an nhs labeled um, piece no. i don't think no no it's, i think i think it's schooling parenting yeah. um just base i mean and we see we, i think why i always think you know in business business is quite interesting when you start looking at leadership and development we're starting to see um, things like emotional intelligence and all these skills that people are needing, or the, the soft skills that what we can't really quantify. But if business are needing it, they're needing that so they can they can, you know, manage people. But actually, we need them skills in at grassroots, don't we? We need to, we need to handle our emotions, don't we? Yeah. Where are we going next? I think is it me? No, it's you, Paul. Me. You're next. You're next. We all at times feel bent out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed. What do you do? If helpful, what questions do you ask yourself, Adi? Well, one of the questions I asked myself is how can I do this differently? Because it's so obvious that I must, I should be doing something differently um, if I burn out. And why am I burning myself out? What's the reason that I decided to do all those things that did burn me out. Um, so they're the questions I'd ask myself and I'd get the answers to my questions by having a relaxing bath and I'd have candles and just lay there and have maybe half an hour to really seriously think about why was I burning myself out. 
Um, I'd listen to motivating music or an audio book again, and I'd put some music on and sing, sing and dance. Or I'd put on a comedy or a tearjerker to release the stress. So I, I think I would chuck so many things at myself so that the next day I was already not burnt out. But that's because I've learned the skills of what burning out does to you. But burning out creeps up on you. And you don't really know that actually that's actually what's happening. So that that's how I would do burnout. Good. <laughs> what song would you sing, Hardy? I think you need to give us a second rendition of that first uh, one. Do... You beat me to that, you beat me to that, Joe. Just wants to come in after you on that one. <laughs> what song would I sing on that day? Um or this is my moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that one. Was that better than I believe? It was. I got that one. Look <laughs> at <laughs> the next line. I need some backing track, but you're not allowed music on things like this. I yeah, get done. No, get done. No, get done. Yeah, no licenses and all that. No licenses, no, no. Um, I'm going to go with the next one. So, who in the world? Um, past or present, would you like to interview and why? Oh, well, the person I'd like to interview would be Florence Nightingale. Good in. And that is because she is famous for her nursing work during the Crimea, Crimean War. And it was about her views on sanitation. And she changed nursing to be an unskilled profession into a respected medical profession. And also, um, she had her own health issues and at 37, she was a reclusive invalid. So from being 37 till the day she died when she was 90, she worked 16 hours a day to save millions of lives. And I just think, if I could interview her, I'd say, what made you so phenomenal? You know, to literally give your life to others. Yeah, yeah. Because she's changed our lives, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, if I could, if I could have met her, I'd have said, give me an ounce of what you've got because you're just amazing. Would you have asked her the question about how do you feel how uh, when you're feeling unfocused and bent out? What are you doing? You don't have a will she, Paul? She won't feel bent out, will she? she no time just, for it. No time for it. Machine. She was a machine. I think she must have been one heck of a strong woman. Yeah. To to oh. have done what to have done what she did. So, what was in her to make her that strong? Unbelievably strong. Yeah. The other thing is that. Florence Nightingale is called Florence Nightingale because she was born in Florence. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, bless her. And that, that makes me like think I'd like to visit Florence. Yeah. <laughs> in, in more ways than one. She's the lady of the lamp. Yeah. And maybe light a candle for her. Yeah. I think that would be a really good thing to do. And I think I'd like to visit anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> they like coming with you to Florence. Okay, we'll have a trip out. <laughs> yeah. no, no. So, are we coming to the end of our time? Yeah, no, we've, 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 we've got 
Go on, go on for an hour. Last one, Joe. Okay. So this is a bit of a this is a bit of a three parter really. Is there anything we should have asked but didn't? Well, I, I did. I have actually told Paul this already. I said my favourite wine is Merlot and I like white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like white chocolate too. <laughs> Terry's chocolate. All day, every day. Really? All day, every day. Terry chocolate orange. I like the day. When are you five a day, Paul? Isn't it? I don't know. I don't eat chocolate. Got orange in it. When are you five a day? It's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I love dark chocolate with sea salt. And there's a there's a brand out there which I won't mention. Um, but oh my gosh, it's just delicious. And then there's the cho dark chocolate with orange, which is just. Mm. I might have Joe, to go to the shops. Joe, you, you've, got, you've got a lot to answer for in this house as well at the minute. I am addicted, and I mean addicted, to them mint um, skinny bars. Oh, do you like them? Incorrect dark chocolate, isn't it? It's like, it's like uh, are you trying them, Paul? No, I ain't had chocolate for a few weeks since I got banned out of Copeland's. Yeah, have you heard this story, Heidi? <laughs> so so, so <laughs> Paul, Paul's, me and Paul are on this, this, this competition to see who can lose the most weight while we're in lockdown. And, um, but prior to lockdown, it's quite funny, um, it, it, his wife found out that he was going to Coupland's. He's not that clever with his bank card, you see. And he, knows the, he knows the ladies in Coupland's. So she rang up and got him banned. So when he goes in Coupland's, he's banned, aren't you, Paul? Yeah, I can't buy me chocolate monsters anymore. Oh. Well, dark chocolate's good for you. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. I've got a picture yeah. of me behind the counter. So when I walk in, I... Have you seen this, man? You know, we were talking about earlier, Paul, about those... Don't, don't just wipe everything out of your life. Yeah. A skinny, dark mint chocolate. Incredible. You're able to incorporate it, and they are delicious. The strawberry whips are beautiful as well. Well, Paul, the other one, share with the ladies, you have found an absolute... Miracle of a pudding, aren't you, Paul? Oh, this right. Our listeners, I love this one as well. Incredible, Mar this one. Meringue, meringue nest, only fifty calories. Yeah, and I've got some ice cream, 360 calories a tub. So you only want a bit of that, and then I have it with strawberries or banana, and it's. It, I feel naughty, but it's healthy. It's only hundred and fifty calories, and I'm, I'm a machine now. That's me. I don't need Copeland's. <laughs> Naughty but nice. And actually, that's not that they're really tasty as well, aren't they? I I, I buy the meringues if I want to. Um, if I'm watching, if I'm watching it, I buy strawberries and meringues, and I think they look like. There you go. I so can eat a mess, isn't it? I can eat a yeah, mess. Yeah, yeah, delicious. So, the other question is, what do you think? Have you learned anything from this show, Heidi? Either in listening to the questions and thinking about the questions, or just being part of this show? Is there anything that's Anything that you want to share with us? I've learned that you're all lovely people. <laughs> so you're in my like-minded group. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and I think it gives um, the listeners a really good view of, of things that can help them. You know, so it makes it's it's more personable. So I think we're normal people that have, have got some good advice 
for the general public. So if anybody gets some advice from how we've spoken today and how you run your podcast, then we've helped one person and that that makes a difference. So Job done, isn't it? Thank Job you for done. having me. Every day's a learning day. It's a pleasure. One final thing, you're not allowed off the show without kind of giving a little bit of an agreement on this one. Is it, oh, no, 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 whoa, 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 this is, not, uh, this is a non-negotiable. It's not a little bit of agreement. Paul, yeah, it's a non-negotiable. Joe, it's non-negotiable. That's what you get in your head. That's what you say. It's non-negotiable, Joe. Okay. Right, okay. So www.talksuicide.co.uk Um. 20-minute training, Zero Suicide Alliance training, spot the signs of suicide, um, speak about suicide and sign post on. It's a must, not only for you to do, but for everybody that you come in contact to share on your fabulous Facebook page, which I'm sure you want to give that a little uh, a link and a, and a talk. Um, but if you could share that with other people, it's for anybody out there um, to learn how to talk about and listen to people that might feel it's suicidal. 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes, and you can pass it on, you know, we, we pass it on to staff, friends, get everyone to do it. And for 16 and above as well, join it. Um, yeah. And learning luck. And then lastly, to sort of close, because we've, we've got through an hour there, um, where can people find out more about you, Hardy, and, and the fantastic work you do? Where, you know, where can people check you out? They can find me uh, by visiting HeidiDodson.com at my website and I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. And we'll, so, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll also share out in the podcast as well. We'll share links out for you as well on all on this as well. So we we'll make sure that everyone can look you up, find you. Um because I'm sure you will be able to sprinkle some um some magic into the lives. Well I would love to do that. Sprinkle my fairy dust. Yes. And maybe yes. maybe a few dance steps. That's been a podcast. That's been a wrap. So I just want to thank you, um, Heidi, for being on. So that's going to be Leon checking out. Paul checking on. Thanks for coming on, Heidi. It's been a blast. Joe checking out. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.